Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Fast Break Breakfast NBA Podcast. My name is Keith Parrish, here once again with my buddies through the miracle of computer phone, here with Chuck Anderson. Hey now. And with John Burr. Hello, boys and girls. Uh, John, your background is not normal. Where are you? In your home? I'm in my house. YouTube viewers. Okay. You've got some art. It feels ominous. Is it supposed to be ominous or is it supposed to be uplifting? There is some is that, dark is that colors the, and some birds and it feels Hitchcockian. Is, is that <laughs> from the set of White Lotus? Did you get that when the show wrapped? I'll need more, you basic bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not following White Lotus. Um, oh, I'm all over it. It's tremendous. <laughs> The only current HBO show I'm watching is Avenue Five. Even then, I'm I'm uh, oh. I'm, ser- I'm several weeks behind. You are um, you are like a uh, a uh, grizzled, poorly educated Hugh Lowry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do have I, I can somewhat um, resemble I keep, him. I uh, keep all that space. We uh, Chuck, you caused a bit of a ruckus earlier today uh-huh. in our Patreon only Slack. You posted something truly vile, which is not abnormal, yes. but there is a there's a channel for that. You posted this in the main feed, yeah. and it was um, some raw ground beef presented as a sandwich, yep. where the bread was two pieces of frosted pop tarts. Uh huh. Well, I just think it's in line with our brand. I didn't take that photo. If you're wondering if I actually took oh, a bite out of it. Oh, it wasn't your, it wasn't was your tattooed arms? I, I saw it. Well, actually, somebody sent it to me because uh, they know of my of my ground beef proclivities and my yeah. you know penchant for sh- silly breakfast food. So they're like, is this you, bro? And I had to <laughs> tell well, the them tattoos no. tattoos were on point. I think well, there's a, you yeah, knew when you posted hand. it, everyone, and you have not corrected people in the Slack no. yet. You just let everyone's minds run wild that this was the thing that you were eating. This yes. was the ground beef you've been talking about 
Yeah, it's much of a, it's maybe a quarter pound of no a pound. It was so, that was, it was a full so pound. Raw. So a ground I mean, beef pound. between two frosted pop tarts, and it was obvious a bite was taken out of it. it oh, that's an important unsettling. part. Unsettling, yeah, unsettling. So not only was this post insensitive, of course, to anyone with eyes, um, and not to mention our our vegetarians in the Slack, of uh-huh. which you used yeah. to claim to be one. Um, I was uh, <laughs> It's pretty horrible looking, but Mr. Eli Mulvey. He asked, he dropped this in our croissant questions. We'll go ahead and get it to ah. it up top. Um, it's been a great many years of making the podcast now. Have you ever come across a breakfast that is worse than cream of wheat? Like a raw beef mince Pop-Tart breakfast <laughs> sandwich, perhaps. How bad would the basketball be to qualify for this segment? I do think it's important to point out to Eli and others, uh, cream of wheat is more of a boring, isn't that a boring breakfast? I mean, when we, when we in the initial infancy of the show... We're brainstorming the segments. We're like steak and eggs just feels like you're treating yourself a ridiculous breakfast. Um, and then the opposite, you know, would be we thought cream of wheat was just boring. Like, do you guys have strong opinions about cream of wheat? I dislike it. But some people have told me, like, it's an excellent breakfast. What, what, why, why did you name your segment that? As a kid, I got a lot of it. I'm mostly offended by things that are mediocre. So, yeah, yeah I'll say I'm offended by it. Like, I like things that dare to, to fail or succeed. Cream of wheat just... Yeah, if you bring me a cream of wheat, yeah. So, Chuck, you said as a, as a child, this was a, a frequent... Yes, that was my that was a big thing as a kid, but I would dump a bunch of sugar into it. Uh, that uh, Yeah, that's the best thing you could come up with is who cares, right? I remember the swirls, the swirls, the cream of wheat swirls. Right, there would be like a, like a maybe like some sort of maple syrup yeah, cream of wheat plus it. flavor. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you gotta, the you thing itself. It. Yeah, much like a pound of ground beef, you have to do something to it. So, so yeah, this, this makes me a terrible southerner, but I I have conflated grits and cream of wheat. I don't know the difference. Um, I don't even know. Can you? I only know cream of wheat from the the instant cream of wheat when like you accidentally purchased it instead of oatmeal. Like, right. I don't even know it as like someone I've never in my life ordered cream of wheat from anywhere. And I don't think I've ever been served like, hey, I made this cream of wheat from scratch. I, I, um, it's basically a made up food as far as I'm concerned. So currently I did do some research. Cream of wheat is an American brand of farina, which is a porridge mix uh, made from literal wheat middlings. It is so a middling. Yeah, it's very, middling. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Breakfast. Yeah, so it isn't the worst, but as far as we're concerned, it is the the worst because it isn't the actual worst. It is just a who cares. It's a who Motion cares. Motion to change the word middlings to conchars. Conchars <laughs> to Rude. Caleb Martin's. Um, this <laughs> disgusting ground beef sandwich no, with awesome. the Pop-Tart that you have posted, I would say, clearly I would never eat this. However, if <laughs> the beef were cooked, I would give it a go. I would certainly at least once 100%. try it. Like if you gave me I'm cooked sure. ground beef in between uh, pop tart breading, yeah, okay. Uh, I mean, uh, you would have to uh, readjust how you cook it because you can't just like ground it. You'd have to shape a patty of some sort, and then you could just uh, couldn't you just brown it in a pan? Does it have to be brown. totally formed? I don't no, know. No, I think it, you're not have you're, you don't want a loose a loose meat pop tart sandwich i think that would just cause- it would be hard to stay together but yeah yeah don't tell me what i do and don't want uh, you're right yeah you're right <laughs> I, I was recently in wichita kansas and was in search of the loose meat burger which apparently is the uh the staple food there mm-hmm. that i didn't know existed so until i have found 
this loose meat burger to be wanting. I'm not ready to rule out a loose meat Pop-Tart burger. I've been looking for a loose meat sandwich ever since it was heavily featured in season seven of the TV show Roseanne. She opened oh. a restaurant where she sold loose meat sandwiches. Do you remember that? I don't. Anybody else? I wasn't no, allowed to watch Roseanne, Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> I always was like, what is loose meat? Why is she doing it? Do you, and then you remember the do you remember the season finale to Roseanne? Yeah, didn't she didn't she die? Not, not season finale, the uh oh, the show. The yeah, show where they finale. killed Serious her finale? off. No, they brought it back and she was all stupid on the internet being a conservative. Oh, and not that I conservative. About that, but yeah, that's also good. Yeah, that's they good. basically yeah. wrote her out of the show and left uh what's what's his name? Uh, John Goodman? John Goodman as like to clean up the pieces after they I didn't know uh, any of this. They killed um, her off. Yeah. My man, my uh <laughs> My, my knowledge of the canonical Roseanne series, very, very limited. I, I could be wrong. I could, my knowledge may be limited to loose meat sandwiches. I don't know, but from my, my memory, I mean, they changed one of the, the main characters, right? I know all that. The pieces, they changed... All the pieces fit now, Chuck. Uh-huh. You want to know well, who the architect of that stupid Roseanne TV show used to watch? One of the architects was? Who? Norm MacDonald. No, he wasn't. I oh, thought really? it was the king of your Marvel universe, the god of your Marvel universe. Hey, man, I I am not got a his start. All the pieces fit. That's we, amazing. We, I, oh, I watched the uh, the Justice League Snyder cut, and then I had to go watch the Whedon version. It's yeah, mind blowing. Wait, I'm you 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 put the two watch, together side by I side like hour, seven bro. hours? Day uh, yeah, back to back days. I watched the well. I had to watch Man of Steel first, and then Batman versus Superman. Oh, of course, you gotta you gotta get the background. I went through I the whole thing. Super Batman. The super yeah, I, Super Batman. Super you Batman. Hope, I hope you did the Snyder cut because the Super was, Batman Snyder cut kind of rules. Two weeks ago, and yeah. it was what I did. Because ground oh beef God, poisoning. Because yeah. I ate too much, cooked, browned and down <laughs> too much beef. Um, speaking of raw ground beef packed between two pop tarts, have we had breakfast, Chuck? What what was your breakfast? Uh, my breakfast uh, today, I had pizza for breakfast. Mm, I didn't have time to cook. I went to, uh, there is a, a buddy of mine actually opened a pizza place. His name's Wes. He used to work with me on the food truck. He's an amazing cook. He's a brilliant guy. He opened Pinky Ring Pizza in Madison, Tennessee. Uh, amazing dough. He gave me a little tour of the kitchen. They do great stuff. He has like yeast starters that he calls different names because one's from texas and one's from uh tennessee are they hilariously named yeah i think man i clint wish i eastwood? wrote them down clint eastwood would have been great yeah yeah, yeah. I, don't know uh, I didn't ask i have the I wicked have witch of the yeast for you to deliver to wes the pepperonis are too large so they hand cut the pepperonis they're the size of your face no that like, sounds awesome they're, they're giant pepperonis i want my pepperoni to just to be a hat on my pizza Basically, what they're doing, they they have giant hand cut pepperoni slices. I want it to be like a little Mario mushroom, just to smack yeah. the little pepperoni does, hat on that pie. It does the thing where it curls up, and they're beautiful. You mean cooks? Yeah, but shout out. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> they do but not they, curl up because they're too damn big. Because they're, oh, they're too, big. too big. You're they're right. Too you're right. Too yeah, thick that's the problem. They're too big. Oh man, that's amazing. Oh, yeah, shout out Pinky Ring Pizza. I had a red pizza with no cheese on it. Um, um, which is great. Had had sardines. I took the sardine off for breakfast. It was great. That's yesterday. awesome. 
Uh, uh, but yeah, shout out Pinky Ring Pizza. Chuck's uh, health food breakfast lifestyle has never been further from. <laughs> I mean, I'm all over the, the reality. Place. It was a weird weekend, uh, and uh, I'm I'm diet here, starts tomorrow. Here's how messed up it was, Chuck. My breakfast is all is basically health food because I have no sink. We have no kitchen sink. We've been through a lot <laughs> in our house. Um, uh, eventually, like this, the 80 year old kitchen sink pipe. As like it's totally clogged, like nothing, just nothing. Uh, will go down. We're having it replaced actually tomorrow. Should be a spectacular. Who knows what spectacular disaster um will be uncovered when they're uh taking this thing out of the wall and replacing it. But anyways, there's no sink, so I'm basically um foraging for just like loose snacks. Um, <laughs> so so breakfast was like a handful of almonds. Just a hand, an Obama level of a handful of almonds. That's to incredible. Try to power my day. I did not enjoy it. Black coffee and almonds. Um, the oldest of old man breakfast. But that's uh, that's all I got. John, what, what's your what's your breakfast? So I had breakfast with my daughter at her daycare, and daycare breakfast is at least where we go. Yeah, strange. Raw broccoli and tomato. Oh, nice. Celery. A dash of cereal. No milk. Little cereal in the cup. A little, just a tiny cup. Paper cup they full had, of like, Cheerios. They had, like, they had like the type of plate, like prison trays. Yeah, Watch like out one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Yeah, they had, like, with, the, with the segmented apportioned quantities. Yeah. And then like a Pepperidge Farms chess cookie. Oh, nice. <laughs> The most so important these were just random things question. the ladies had like on the John. floorboard of their car that they're serving to my <laughs> child. But uh needless to say, I did not eat them. My um, partner, like in solidarity, ate the entire meal. <laughs> well, you gotta Never set a good example got- for the kid to show him that it's okay to eat the, the food. I should have thought of that. Yeah. Um, no, the most important question whenever you visit uh, a daycare, what chair did they provide you? Was it a miniature chair for a two-year-old? So this is when you know you're a great big fat person. Um, I walk in, and as I'm walking up, there's a mad dash amongst the uh, three caretakers to secure a larger chair. Yeah, we gotta get a larger chair. <laughs> can't, we can't can't give them one of these. Just uh, good looks at one another. Hey, it's time. Unspoken, Go time. Unspoken, like holy, this is gonna you know truly shuffling the chairs around on the Titanic if I don't get a larger <laughs> chair. <laughs> I yeah. think in this case they were shuffling around the chairs for the Titanic yeah. to sit down. <laughs> I always thought it was just a power move. It's just like, hey, you're gonna sit in this little chair. And uh the people who work <laughs> the people who work here get good full size grown up chairs. And um we're gonna make you uncomfortable uh and uh, show you that you don't matter. Um anyways, those were our breakfast. After our breakfast, we move to our breakfast in bed apologies. This is our opportunity to make right something we might have gotten wrong on a previous episode. It's frequently frequently the first time we talk about the NBA. Do either of you guys have anything that you would like to make amends for? Uh, Chuck, why don't you start us off? What should you make right in the basketball world? Uh, I, I mean, I think one of the biggest meltdowns I've had on this show in some time is uh, arguing about Miami Heat contracts. Um and this year, I am absolutely claiming a L. I have defended Duncan Robinson, uh, his five-year, $90 million contract each year. He's regressed. This season, he's shooting uh, 31% from three. Last year, he shot 37%. The year before, 
41 the year before that 45 well three so of those seen, years are good chuck three of them are good this year is not yeah well last year 37 37 is fine it's okay but not like big payday great especially when you got a couple other guys on the team shooting over 40 in the same position i'm uh yeah, I'm here to say that Duncan Robinson contract is not great. It is now fodder. There's no way for the Heat to rehab his value and make him seem like a like somebody any team would want. And is this, um, the, is this the first step in the program towards acknowledging the Tyler Johnson deal? No, that was great because they got Still rid not. of him before they they paid him. They no, didn't pay him. No. Nobody um, paid him. The, the Heat didn't. The Suns did. Your your so. Heat are kind of garbage. Um, oh, they're so bad. I guess the good news is also like the Raptors are also garbage. So, so this goes back. This uh, is the parody uh, year. Yeah, everybody everybody isn't perfect. There's like two really good teams. It feels like uh, the, the the Pelicans and the, and the the Celtics, and then everybody else is good. And when you have a bunch of good teams that are slightly better than the other, then you're going to go on like eight game losing streaks. It feels like this year. And that's what's the, the heat haven't they've, you know, but they are losing to the Spurs. They're losing to the Pistons. They're just, they can't get themselves up for you games. Do have a good, sad. You do at least Chuck have your finger on the pulse. Cause at the Grizzlies watch party on Friday night, yeah, yeah. I was talking to you about your heat. I was like, did they play tonight? You're like, I'm not sure. And you're like, I think they play tomorrow. You're like, Oh yeah. They play the Spurs tomorrow. I'm like, Oh, they should take care of that. You're like, Nope. They're gonna lose. No, no, no. This that is literally <laughs> the the yeah. type of Miami Heat yeah. losses you can pencil in because yeah. Yeah. they just look at a schedule. They go, "Well, this isn't a, a game of importance." They can, you know, gin up some energy to play the Celtics on the road and do pull out a great overtime win. But then they lose to Detroit are, and the, the Grizzlies Heat are who five have and nobody. One. Yeah, you lost to our Grizzlies backups. Uh, the, the Heat, the Heat are five and one in their division. Six and fourteen against everybody else. So, I was right. trying to explain to some friends who don't really watch the NBA what the state of the NBA is right now, and I was like, "There's like three good teams, and the rest of the teams are the AFC South and NFC South. <laughs> like they just like not. They're just like if you look deep into their records, it's probably fraudulent from playing other bad teams. Like yeah. it, it's a strange conflagration of flailing fools." Most of yeah. the games are somebody's got to win. Yeah, um, John, what's your what's your apology? Well, you brought them up. Mine is a bit Raptors related, but strangely, I'm apologizing to one of the Raptors for being good. I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> I have oftentimes mentioned on the show that I don't understand OG Ananobi or see what the big deal is, and I still don't. But <laughs> there is a an incredible amount of like think pieces and there's like a like a like a strange like media scrum of activity based around his uh play defensive player of the year candidacy um so i feel like i've kind of missed the boat on just how uh effective he must be and i even looked into like his uh stats and i was kind of flabbergasted by how insane his steal rate is it's like one of the best yeah he's leading the nba in steals yeah like I, I feel like I need to uh, take a step back and at least acknowledge that OG definitely brings something to the table. Although with the Raptors, I'm not sure how much they need a uh, another rangy defensive specialist when they're just so, so hard to watch uh, this year. But uh, I apologize, OG Ananobi, thou art worthy. I'm sorry. Um, I the uh, OG, I mean, I think OG's awesome, and he's like the clearer target of like 
every NBA team. Apparently, he's still untouchable for the Raptors as they continue this very uh, middling cream of wheat e season. Uh, OG's three-point percentage this year, taking a little Duncan Robinson step back. He's at 33%. Uh, the whole team, I mean... You got the Celtics. You got Gary Trent Jr., career great three point shooter at thirty three percent. Van Vliet has always been pretty bad at, at his percentages, but they're worse than than ever. Uh, Scotty Barnes isn't hitting shots. Pascal Siakam's not hitting shots. Uh, Boucher isn't shots anywhere. I thought Precious Achua was like something we could make fun of Chuck for for years. Like yeah. you gave him up for a washed Kyle Lowry. But at least Kyle mm-hmm. Lowry's playing pretty solid and. Precious not having a a good season. Um, no, it's solid negative player. I, yeah, I think the uh, there's a problem in Toronto with when you have kind of so many players who are equal in talent, like Pascal and OG and Fred. They are none of them are like superstar Scotty. level. Yeah, Scotty, but they're none of them are superstar level. But they're all great players, and it's hard to kind of coalesce around a team. You know, a, a, that sort of construction. When you don't have a guy who can close games and a guy that you can count on night in, night out, everybody's so, so to, up to, and down. To revisit, their problem is too many great players. Well, too many above average players. Too many no, goods and not enough greats or something. Not, Although I, not man, I, any still, I, I consider Pascal to be great. To be great. Yeah. And Yakum is insane this year. Yeah. But he is, but he's also like historically kind of like been not a leader. In that team, he's a guy that kind of has had Uh-oh. friction with with coaching. And they need a Marcus you, All. You mean you need a you need a leader. You need somebody Marcus who's going to be like, "This is me. I got this." Everybody Al-Larry. step back. Their Al-Larry. splits are super weird. Where they're they're ten and three at home. They're three and eleven on the road, and they are the mirror image of the Heat. They are one and five against their their division. Here's my uh, here's my talking head stab in the dark with no information assessment. Tired of Nick Nurse. Tired of Nick, I mean, like possible. This is now this is because I called this like year hear. one. Nick Nurse wins the title in his first year, and he's walking around with branded hats and he's bringing a guitar on team flights. And I'm like, there's no way I would want to be around that person. Now and now, he years miserable. later, he got too much too soon. He got too yeah. much too soon. Flew too close to the sun. Now he's like, uh, he's jamming his guitar on team flights, and like you can't. You can't lead me like that. Nick nurse to Brooklyn. Kumbaya, play that Kumbaya in Brooklyn. Um, what's up? Here's my apology. I made a I made a factual error. These are my favorite kinds of apologies. I made a factual error last show. I said in the showdown between the Pels and Nugs last Sunday, where the one where Jose Alvarado went off, I was pointing out how you can't let Jonas cook and you can't also let him get into foul trouble. Because you want him on the court. I said Jonas had 14 points in 14 minutes and was a minus 21 in those 14 minutes. Well, <laughs> he did play 14 minutes. He was a minus 21, but he didn't have 14 points. He had 13 points. And ah. I threw my whole point off. Just I feel like Damn that it. misinformation just really um, undermines everything I'm trying to present. I with, mean, it's uh, less my pretty. Arguments. There wasn't as much symmetry there. It's not as much 14. symmetry, right? Yeah, it's just not as aesthetically pleasing. But I mean, I think your point was good. I think you're fine. Numerical buddy. alliteration. Yeah. Yes. Um. I and again, I I don't want to put out the the, the fake news. I'm sorry about getting yeah, the, yeah. getting getting good those job. numbers right. Anyways, uh, those were our breakfast in bed apologies. Before we move to our steak and eggs best thing, which is a segment we spent a lot of time 
crafting the perfect name for. Uh, we have a word <laughs> from our sponsor, the Memphis Grizzlies. Guarantee the gift of Grizz this holiday season with six-game holiday packs. Starting at just $26 per game, holiday packs feature the best matchups and giveaways, including the Warriors, Lakers, Mavs, and more. So skip them all, avoid the crowds, and warm up this season with the Grizzlies' six-game holiday packs. Call 901-888-HOOP or shop online now at grizzlies.com. Also, when you're looking for those perfect holiday gifts, our entire T Public store is on sale throughout Get the it. whole week. I have tons of not just Grizzlies fan designs, got a bunch of other teams and random stuff. You can go to tpublic.com slash user slash fast break breakfast or just click the link in this show's description, which is much easier. So uh, stock up on the holiday goodies over in our merchandise store. All right, steak and eggs, best thing. What is the best thing you saw in the last week? John, what's your steak and eggs best thing? I like that the Warriors who've been, you know, really up and down, basically 500 team this year, were able to provide a reminder specifically to Boston sports fans that this can go horribly wrong for them at any time. And that just because the... <laughs> just because of the like the Boston the Celtics have like five of the top ten best three point shooters in the league. This can just fly into the mountain, and the Celtics can come crashing down to earth at any time in any playoff series. Is it fair? Is it fair for us to weigh just a single game? I know that NBA players get up more for these games. Like Rajon Rondo proved that to us that primetime yep. does actually matter. It felt like an important game. It right. felt like the Celtics being put in their place. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. I know your record in net rating over the last half of last year and the first half or first quarter of this year. But hey, guess what? We're still the champs and we're going to beat you down. And Clay pulled something from deep within and was amazing. We were, at, a, we were at like a very like disgusting brew of like Bill Simmons ism <laughs> spewing a fourth. Like we we're t hearing like maybe, maybe it's the best. Boston team of all time. You know, it's just getting very intense. And it couldn't have come at a better time. Like, I needed it. it. Because, you know, I also... cold water get, on that? Yeah. Yeah, I can get, you know, I can get sucked into these Celtics uh, worlds, too. You know, like, they are really impressive. But all you, really, all you got to do is if you can just force Tatum out of his comfort zone. They're very, still very beatable team. I mean, that's, you games. say that like it's easy I, to do, but this was Tatum's, I know, I know. this was Tatum's basically first dud of the season. I know. Yeah. And, and I think he got himself out of it. I think he wanted to prove, I don't know, this is me reading body language, but it felt like he wanted to prove something and he was just forcing things. He wasn't in rhythm. I've seen him do things kind of effortlessly that are mind blowing. And this seemed very laborious, this, this game for him. Also, Derek White re-inhabited his finals body yes. and just sucked and just terrible just bad. Uh, again. Just so bad. Which it's so it's so weird. Yeah, like Tatum again. I think there is a very strong argument that he, you know, is could have won MVP if a vote had been taken um, yeah. before the game. But yeah, he he uh, he had a rough one. But uh, thinking now about back like down to third, I love it. Let's yeah. yeah. So, so 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 <laughs> thinking about the guys who might have a claim for MVP so far in this year, um, actually reminds me of a song. 
Peter Dinklage. Peter Dinklage. Peter Dinklage. Peter Dinklage. Peter Dinklage. All right, this game of scones is quite different. Um, what we're gonna do is we're gonna try to get the top ten players on Basketball References MVP tracker in order. As of, this is as of Monday afternoon, December 12th. How we're going to do it is, like, we're going to start with the first one. We're going to go one through ten. We're going to go back and forth. You're not going to strike out for wrong answers. You're just going to amass strikes. So, in true Fast Break Breakfast style, you don't get points for getting them right. You only are trying to avoid the most mistakes. So, cool. we'll start with the first one. Um, since John um, less liked than Chuck... Um, we're uh, when we check the demographics Lovely. and the uh, the feedback. John will go first, and uh, we'll we'll see who can win this one. Again, uh, we're going one through ten. Who does Basketball Reference think right now is the favorite to win MVP on their MVP tracker? Um, I feel like I know this. I feel like I've looked recently. I think it's I think it's I think it's Jokic. It is Jokic. Very well done. All right, number two, Chuck. Who is second according to Basketball Reference? Let's go, Luca. It <laughs> is Luca Doncic. The formula favors the pale. Um, Cocazoids. The uh, we're on number three. Who does Basketball Reference think is third? Uh, the third most probable to win MVP as of this second. So I want to say Tatum here, but I think Giannis's stats are probably too insane, and we'll say Giannis. That is correct. Unbelievable work. Giannis is third. Now to Chuck. Who is fourth? Let's do Tatum. I think he's it the man. It is Jason Tatum. You guys are amazing. I'm very impressed. All right, now number five. Maybe things will start to get a little tricky here. Who is fifth? I'm wondering about Anthony Davis, but I'm not going to say it yet. Uh, well, yeah. So, and here's a hint, John. Yes. This player has a 4.4% chance of winning the, the award. That's not a very good That's hint. That's a useless hint. Very I'm useless. Not, I don't, I'm going to say Steph Curry. That is correct. Uh, Unbelievable. Steph Curry having an amazing year. Um, We're five for five. Unbelievable work. Chuck, who is sixth in this MVP Award tracker. I don't know if he is, but he should be. We should be talking about this guy, um, Shea Gilders Alexander. Oh, that is wrong. Ah. That is wrong. We that should is, be uh, talking first, about him. Our first, we've been talking about him. All right, John, I mean, back, it to, should back be. to you. Chuck uh, falls behind, picking up the first I strike. I forgot about Zion, but I still am going to say AD instead of Zion. I'm trying AD? to lead Chuck to say, I'm going to say AD. AD is correct. John Burr wow. on fire. Who is seventh now, Chuck? Embiid. Mm, Embiid is wrong. Despite scoring be. 53 points on Sunday, uh, Embiid is not on this MVP award tracker. We're looking for number seven as, John, you have a perfect record so far. Who do you think is seventh? Zion. It is, in fact, Zion. Is this, it, John is picking, pitching a perfect game. Never seen anything like it. We're going to have to do a forensic study of the reflection ah. in John's glasses yeah. to see I'm if it's actually up. basketball reference. Go I can see be. a screen uh, reflected purple. in the glasses. All right, yeah. Chuck, who's number eight? We have three um, players left. 
One through seven, I'll read them off. Nikola Jokic, Luka Doncic, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Jason Tatum, Steph Curry, Anthony Davis, Zion Williamson. Who's number eight? I'll go ahead and tell you Embiid and Shea not on the list. Well, I mean, yeah, because I got them wrong. Well, you got um, them wrong for the specific spot. Oh, for those spots? Because oh, we're, we're going trying to get the spots? That's yes! A, that, this is unreal. Yeah. Him doing that is, this is statistically. This is like that happen. poker lady. Unreal. This, this is we're gonna figure out. Seven. You've got you've got he got seven in the order of a random website. Random. It's not a random algorithm. website. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, pretty it's a well-known, heavily used to, website. To to very few people, it is heavily used. Uh, to most people, they go to stats. To, well, two out of the three podcast hosts here heavily used. Um, um, no, Chuck. Uh, Chuck, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and tell you. Uh, there is one screen that is always open when I do this show. It is and the it's, basketball reference yeah, screen, which is open right now. It's a, <laughs> with the MVP war tracker on the right, right. All right, in front of me. All right. so oh, John good. is so Thank John God. is cheating. All it's right, impossible. Had to had, had to. He couldn't even. Normally, when he cheats, he try he throws out a, I, an I error every now and then. answer. I was trying to give you the next guy each time I went. I don't yeah. play that. This is all me. I'm yeah. trying to do this. So, John has John has destroyed the credibility of the show. Destroyed the whole like the entire can't bit. Do can't even do. Can't even um, do. Give me Kevin it's Durant. Open. It's open on my screen. Kevin Durant. He's got he's Kevin scoring. Durant is right. Chuck hey, is pulled up in his phone. He's now fighting hands. fire with fire. Nothing. All right, Chuck. Let's see, Chuck. If you can get the if you can get the next two, you win. Ooh. Can I get ja. my <laughs> What about Ja? Oh, Jaw's not ninth. Oh, so I, I, close. I needed them in order. Uh, unfortunately, oh. Jaw was Devin 10. Booker. De- uh, no, uh, Donovan Mitchell, ninth. Yeah, uh, all right. Well, that was fun for a little bit. It was exciting <laughs> when I almost believed John was doing it. Um, when did you know I was? When did you know I was looking? The well, next- I, I assumed. I assumed after the third one. Um, <laughs> yes, that's correct. Yeah, I, I mean, had no idea that it was like when you were getting them in order. I was racking my brain. I, I was, I was not only giving you my, the correct answer. I was trying to be like, well, I'm thinking about, and I was like, Chuck, here's the next one. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, 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 I can't believe anybody thought I could get that many correct. That's in a row. unreal. I was like, this as game soon as I figured that out, I yelled, I screamed. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, I always have basketball reference up right in front of me the whole show. <laughs> Chuck is like, who looks at these things? I was like, oh, me. <laughs> the whole yeah. time. Um, well, I'll do here. I'll 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 do Chuck, let's do your best thing. Let's try to get this okay. back on the uh let's try to get this show back on the rails. Uh try to regain the trust of our listeners. Um what's <laughs> what's your best thing, Chuck? Uh my best thing, man. We had the fantastic kind of uh quick series with the Pelicans and the Suns. It ended with the Suns uh, losing in the first game and the Pelicans doing some, what could be considered unsportsmanlike stuff like a 360 windmill dunk when the game was called basically with less than five seconds left, beautiful rivalry stuff. And everybody, you don't ever really get hyped for a Sunday in December. Right. Uh, But I was like, well, I have to, to watch i have to watch the suns play the pelicans for the second time since friday yeah. that is this kind of uh beginning of a rivalry is my favorite part where like the lore starts getting kind of like ingrained and the the actual characters are getting into each other's faces it's tremendous 
So the, uh, the Pelicans being good, while it's probably not great for the Grizzlies fans in our podcast who might be a bit worried about the potential, uh, you know, next few years of having to face Zion in a stacked team. Um, this has been a great thing for the NBA. And I'm, I'm saying that not just about the Pelicans, but like the, the rivalry stuff that we're building with these quick series. Um, I think that's something for, I don't know, for the environment is a good thing. Maybe we shouldn't take a, a, a plane flight every, after every game. Did you drink in the league's Kool-Aid? That's like part like, of the press it. release when they release I'm the schedule. It. Like I didn't know that, but like in my head, it's like, maybe we shouldn't burn a bunch of carbon for no reason. We got to play again. Let's just play them in two nights. I think it works out for everybody. get on the Madden buses and just bus them everywhere if they want to Boom. save the, the, the That's carbon. That's it. No, this, man, the so, Pelicans are awesome. I mean, They're incredible. Awesome. Uh, Dyson Daniels looks weirdly like a 10-year veteran. All the players are cool. We've he been over be, this. Yeah, we've girl. been over it. All the players are cool. It's not fair. <laughs> Dyson Daniels should be on the Grizzlies. Um, the, uh, not all right. Uh, I did like a lot of things to like about those Pelicans. Um, Suns showdown. I mean, first of all, art the dunk, the three sixty dunk. Emphatic, emphatic, spectacular, better than any of Obi Toppin's nonsense from last year. Uh, Un- the dunk unreal, unreal in game dunk. I understand the quote unquote sportsmanship things that happen at the end of games. Like, don't yeah. go, don't go steal the ball from a guy who's just holding it, running the clock out. Usually, you do not shoot. Win ahead, but I gotta say there are exceptions, and when when you can do that, that's an exception, right? Can I squeeze in an Ersatz Quasong query real quick? Yeah, yeah. What does that word mean? As the residents Pelicans fans, I'm worried I'm in a social media bubble. All I see is people defending the dunk, but I'm worried I'm just getting confirmation bias. What percentage of NBA fans think the dunk was disgraceful or unprofessional? Maybe people think it was just disrespectful. Please help me. I think it was fun. I yeah. think like when you're talking about a team that lost to the that team in the playoffs the year before yep. in kind of a hard fought battle. Yep. Uh, there was a lot of like passion in that series too. Chris Paul was just like openly furious with Grand Theft Alvarado. Like all this stuff was like build building to that moment. And I think in totality, like that's what made it cool. It wasn't. The dunk itself, it was like, yeah, those guys are going to get mad. But this is like what basketball is cool for. It's about passion. It's about uh, more than just like points. It's just the stories. And that story is incredible. I think only active active and former players care about this. Yeah. No, fans care about it. Really? Are active players players speaking out against it? I just know they get mad about it. I know that in the same scenario when Chris, Paul, I mean, in the in the like counterpoint, people got mad at Chris Paul for scoring a, a layup late in the so game last year. I mean, I, I think truly think there's get just mad about, but I don't think fans do. I think there are there are degrees and there are exceptions. Like if yeah, if it was I don't know who it was if it was somebody else like if you got if it wasn't Zion if it was like Alvarado who just got a steal and then was like I think Alvarado he knows I'm gonna dribble this out because there's nothing there's nothing amazing I could do at the other end right but right. in this thing where you're Zion where you're making I mean one this propels him this play literally propels him I think up these fake MVP ladders like it right. doesn't probably doesn't affect Basketball References formula they use but like. 
this is something that puts him in the consciousness of award voters. Also, he's performing in front of the home fans. His he, he missed all of last year. He yeah. he was plus 30, plus 28 before the dunk in this game. Um, like He thoroughly dominated this team that beat his team in the playoffs last year. I also think if there was like, if he hesitated at any moment, then the act would have become wrong. Like right. it, it, like if he because it's a turnover, <laughs> the crowd's going nuts. He gets it. Like the, the defenders go past. He has a breakaway. If he pulled up for a second and then goes and does it, maybe you're yeah. like, all right, maybe you shouldn't have done that. But Doesn't I feel like the, the fact that he was count as a hesitation. The thing, <laughs> and the fact that again, he did this dunk that like no one else can do. If right. someone does something that no one else can do, it's like yeah. oh, you got a you got a free pass because that was amazing. Yeah, like, the NBA is fantastic. It's an entertainment product. I think to the dynamics between the two teams like the pelicans are this up-and-coming team who are punching up it isn't yep. like a team that's incredibly more talented high-stepping at the end of a game this is more like hey we're here with you and i'm gonna make my fans lose their mind at the end of this game to let you know when you come here you're gonna you better be ready because we're gonna bring it and that's that's incredible that's awesome I would say also, I think most fans, and to answer uh, Jabber's question, I'm going to say, I'm just going to guess from my, the bubble I live in, which by the way, I live in like a son's hating bubble. So, so my online social media experience is everyone was for it, <laughs> but I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to counter that. Just assume that like, I bet like 60, 40 of fans are for it. And I think, I think the reason most objective fans are for it comes down to this tiebreaker. The tiebreaker is. Was that cool? Yeah. Yeah. And like, I, I, that I was cool. I think yeah. it's at 95%. It might be, it might be, it might be 95. Cause like, I think when you want to sports, like I don't follow baseball, but as far as I can tell from my outsider perspective, everyone thinks bat flips are awesome. Right. My dad because they're cool while watching games uh, and sent me a clip as only he could, which was him filming someone else's phone. <laughs> someone showing up to my brother-in-law showing him the dunk and have you seen this yeah like that's how you win there was nothing negative about it and it was hysterical because on the same night go bear did the same thing against his former team the jazz <laughs> but he did it with the layup now i think go bear doing it objectively wrong however if you're gonna be a villain what he did was even better oh, because wait, he's because right. he stopped and thought about it and then laid it in He's seven foot two or whatever, and it's like, I could dunk. I'm not even going to dunk. I'm just going to lay this in. That felt like a slap in the face. And so I could honestly work myself into, that was kind of cool too, because yeah. uh, he was just being a villain. Um, but uh, no, I think I think the Zion play was amazing. Uh, hey, here's my best thing. Oh, I got a lot of them. I mean, one, the Suns lost four straight. Hell yeah, dude. It's the first time since uh, before the bubble. So I think the world is returning to pre-COVID times, which is great. <laughs> Finally, we're getting back Homeostasis. there. You yeah. remember before COVID, Devin Booker had never won three straight games before? <laughs> you remember that? I do. So hopefully nature's healing there. Uh, Chris Paul has lost five of the last six games he's played in, including That's four straight. Up. I love that. I don't like, I don't like Chris Paul. Um, <laughs> no, my actual best thing outside of the fun of the Pelicans and how cool they are. My actual Seven best in a row, thing. baby. Is uh, I gotta mention my guy D'Anthony Melton. Oh my God, D'Anthony Melton on Friday night, Chuck. We were having a we were having a Grizzlies watch party, 
Yep. Um, watching the Grizzlies play the Pistons in what I will describe as a boring shellacking. It, it was yeah. a blowout. The fourth quarter was horrible. Um, yeah. And, you know, maybe the energy was lacking. Maybe that's on me. Um, not providing enough energy to to the fans there, but it was it was kind of a subdued crowd until I got a couple of texts. This it was for me. This didn't help the crowd at all. When I got a couple of texts, be like, "Hey man, you see what Melton's doing?" And I yeah. look on my phone, and Melton's got six deals and six threes, and I was like, "Hey now, I gotta go find this this ESPN game." So I'm, we're at the watch party. <laughs> Uh, and basically the excitement of the watch party was then our, turning our view to the Lakers and, and Sixers finish, which by the way, a very, very weird finish. The Sixers basically almost blew the Melton yep. game. Uh, James Harden had a horrific stat line, which somehow did not even, uh, make our iShop list that's coming up later. Um, you had Austin Reeves getting fouled. On a three-pointer, down three. He makes two out of three. Then the Sixers throw the ball away. They blow up like a 14-point lead in the last few minutes. Anthony Davis has a chance to win the game. He's 13 out of 13 from the foul line. Misses. It goes to yeah. overtime. Sixers take care of business. But our guy Melton, eight three-pointers, seven steals, a career high in points. He never scored over 30 points before. It was beautiful. It's safe. For me, it saved the energy of the watch party, getting fired up, <laughs> cheering for our Melton. Also, the synergistic on the same night. Yeah. I got Kyle Anderson having a career high 12 assists. All the energy, it was just convening for that Nobles Nashville a, Grizzlies a, watch party. A vortex. Beautiful moment. You know, some people worry about the world being a simulation and they're the central character. Uh huh. I'm worried that I'm an NPC in, in the simulation and Keith's the central character. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's how I feel most of the time. Everything was coming together. Uh, Melton, the second player in NBA history to have a game with eight threes and seven steals. Michael Adams, the other, a guy who we mention on the show a lot as one of the people from history. I'm the most curious about because I have no memories of him, yet he right. always pops up in our weird basketball reference searches. Whenever I'm looking right. on basketball reference, I'm like, who's this guy? He sounds amazing. But uh, again, no, uh, no memories of him. Now, that was a... Uh, that was awesome. Is, uh, is, good job, Melton. Shy Gildas Alexander destined to be the Michael Adams of our era. <laughs> oh, that's a, that's, a, that, that's that's a great question. Anyways, uh, those were our best things. The opposite of our best thing is the raw ground beef patty stuck between two pop tarts. Worst thing of the week. <laughs> I love this character. Chuck, what's your, character Chuck, what's, your what, what's your worst thing? Well, speaking of Shay. Uh, we are going to talk about him being a uh, cog for the bootlicking referee, uh, bourgeoisie. Uh, this is from three days ago, but it, it, it checks out. Um, SGA a couple weeks ago, and he was asked about the refs instead of saying nothing like most players do or saying something terrible like Chris Paul does. He took another route, and he said, they're humans like us and make mistakes. They make a lot of right calls, too. And this is data from Atta three boy, days Shay. ago. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. But since then, he leads the league in total free throw attempts. <laughs> 20 above uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Now, this isn't data that's current. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how to use basketball reference to make it current. Uh, choose not to. This is just <laughs> the MVP trackers need. on the front page. <laughs> I, don't need it. I don't need it. Uh, he, but, yeah. 
Shay, Shay making a, an effort to grease up the refs and it's working. So he killed him with kindness. Boot licking, kill him, kill him with boot licks. That's he, what it takes. He scored, he scored 26 against the Grizzlies on four made field goals. <laughs> he, had, he had 19 free throw attempts. And as much as I do try to defend the referees, every one of his foul shots was like, in my mind, evidence for we have to reform all the foul rules. Like, it was like, Man, if you run into a dude's hip who's guarding you, that's your fault. You yeah. know, like if you run into a guy's navel who's actively yeah. guarding you, guarding you, that's your fault. If you were playing pickup and you like put your shoulder in my chest and call a foul, nope. Like n- no one's allowing <laughs> that to stand. And but everyone, like he didn't get fouled with a hand. Like no one's, no one hit him with their hands, and he got nineteen free throws. <laughs> like fouls should somewhat be I feel like arms and hands should be heavily involved in mm-hmm. foul calls um, but Shea was just working it he was just uh, initiating contact and again letter of the law I would say basically everyone was correct except for there was one on Zaire Williams truly despicable foul call um, <laughs> where he falls over Zaire does like the I'm a grown up playing against toddlers he blocks yeah, the yeah. ball with two hands straight down because Shea shot it like one foot off the ground because he just fell down and then they 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 called a foul there. Um, no, it was pretty it's pretty gross. By the way, this is a stat brought to you courtesy of Grits and Grinds, uh, my Memphis Grizzlies podcast. James Harden had once had a game where he had twenty seven points on two made field goals. That game was also against the Grizzlies. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> um, there goes that man. Uh, let's keep it Grizzly centric. My worst thing. There was a viral video that went around. Mm. about John Morant traveling ref constantly, constantly traveling, uh, carrying. I'm not upset that this video is out there. I'm not upset that it got made and got viewed. I'm upset that it reminded me of how limited our reach is. Cause we've been talking <laughs> about this for years. Yes. And saying is. it for years. When people say, why is John Morant so good? I say, cause he travels all the time. <laughs> how did he pull that move off? Well, it's not legal. First of all, <laughs> But it turns out my reach much more limited than this viral video that went around. I'm not saying we're going to start calling travels. I am saying, been pointing it out since the day he arrived. Not in a, not in a snitch way, just being like, that's no, pretty no. awesome. We now have a guy. We now yeah. have a guy who operates above the law. We have right. a guy who the rules do not apply to him. He has multiple game-winning shots that are travels. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, how does he score? How does he have more points in the paint than Giannis Antetokounmpo? Well... <laughs> A lot of the time he lands before he shoots. A lot of the time he jumps, then lands, then shoots. It's not legal. How are you supposed to guard him when he travels? But well, I don't think he can. Um, I'm, sticking, I'm sticking with that he is a uh, German uh, mutant uh, X-Man <laughs> nightcrawler ability. Yeah, he's got some of that nightcrawler stuff. He, I mean, he also does things that are, I mean, obviously, uh, majority of the things he does are legal and they're still spectacular. He's blocking shots that are blowing your mind. He's making think- these dunks that are unbelievable. But a lot of the time when push comes to shove, when you get in that half court offense, well, he's going to bend a rule. He's going to bend a rule yeah. and use it to his advantage. He's not alone. If, if you've watched much Pacers, Tyrese Halliburton travels constantly. Well, I mean, LeBron, all the good players travel. Uh, LaMelo, there's a whole, there's a whole video on LaMelo ball and what he does. It's terrifying. It goes back. It goes back to my thing about the Zion dunk. Was it okay? What's the question these referees are asking themselves? Was it cool? Was it cool? It it looks cool. 
Yeah, it it's looks cool. like slam ball. We're in. Great artists steal. Great players travel. Exactly, uh, John. <laughs> what's your What's your worst thing? So I am disheartened that Bulls fans want to tank. Um, they played like the hardest schedule. That that includes they played that they beaten the Celtics twice. They Don't give up. Don't tank. You get through this hard part of the year. This is great. Uh, Maybe Zach Levine starts playing well again. I know he's recovering from a knee injury, but don't tank. You're not that bad. You're like a a 500 team at worst if you take your strength of schedule into account. Don't give up. This is absurd. I am putting John's voice (laughs) over Daniel Day-Lewis underneath that waterfall. Uh He's just saying, (laughs) he's last of the Mohicans. Don't give up. (laughs) Yeah. Whatever you do, stay alive. Right. I'm just, I don't, I will, I don't understand it. Like if you trade off these players that you've acquired and put into a team, that's good enough to beat the Celtics twice. You're it's going to take you years to get back to this. I don't, I know you have pieces that you can move like Lucci and Caruso and DeRozan, but before DeRozan came there, you weren't an exciting team. You're like a, is the East that good that you can't make a run and get back into like the top four or five and be a, a good team? I don't think so. It's, like, why a, are man, we it is a tough. I mean, I've read multiple articles about yeah. the Bulls should tank. It's a tough tightrope. I think I feel like the wrong person to be saying this, but in these specific circumstances where there seem to be five surefire great guys in the lottery, and wow. you look at your ceiling and you're like, we're never getting there. Even if I do uh, uh, try to, what's it, Madeline Stowe? Is that her name? Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> if I do the Madeline Stowe, all right, I'm going to stay alive. Uh, I'm going I'm, I'm, I'm to keep fighting. Um, the uh, There's not that much of, of like a uh, light at the end of the tunnel. Like they're, they're going to keep scratching and clawing, and there's almost no chance they win around in the playoffs. So it's it's a hard thing. And actually, so this we're going to sprinkle in yet another they have, they, have, question. they are four games out of home court in the first round of the playoffs. Like, but there it are is, 11 it, teams standing in front of them, right? It's like the Lakers. The Lakers have been awesome. Look at that. There's still, like, there's still 11 teams standing in front of them. Yeah, but look it's at, like the games matter, not the teams. Yeah. And if they can string together a run and move up, they can get the first round uh, home court and win a series. I think they have the talent too, even though DeMar DeRozan famously just disappears in the playoffs. I think they can do it. And, you know, as a Heat fan, I want to see them tank because I don't want to watch them at full strength for the rest of the year when my team's fighting for a playing spot. In clutch games, they're not just performing poorly. They're the worst in the league by a wide margin. It's just not their I mean, record. Okay, so can we actually, this is a great – Before I, I was going to get to this question. Before, yeah. we get to the, before we get to this, this question, um, speaking of clutch games, this is now the moment to talk about their clutch game on Sunday. Which was the best finish? Oh my God. That is absolutely absurd. You had Bogdan Bogdanovich making a over Ball. the backboard Larry Bird ju- jumper to put him, the Hawks up seven. It felt Hawks over. Missed him. They then missed eventually, him. Kobe White ties the game with twenty seconds left. Trey Young hits a game winner. Trey Young, who is did you know this? I said this in the last episode, John. I knew you specifically would love it. Trey Young's three point percentage right now is the same as Josh Smith's was when he was uh. a Hawk. <laughs> as a as a reformed Hawks fan, I figured you'd enjoy that. Uh, Josh Smith ran you away from Atlanta. Um, 
I mean, Trey Young's and, and, like, shooting splits are Jason Kidd's now. He's like yeah, 40, yeah. 40, 28. Um, but imagine if Jason Kidd was shooting from the logo. <laughs> Trey, Trey Young hits this <laughs> go-ahead shot with a second left. Then DeRozan, down two, gets fouled by Bogdan with uh, with half a second left. He makes all three. Then you have this perfect inbounds pass and play. Um, apparently, Joe Prunty, the assistant coach for the Hawks, ran this same play for the Bucks seven years Former ago. That, that account, uh, Half Court Hoops, uncovered that one. And a perfect little back cut for AJ that Griffin was, uh, finishes it. Second uh, Griffin game winner of the year for the rookie. Yeah. Um, and so there you got uh that's another clutch loss for the bulls no this talking about the bulls reminds me of this question from drew dumfries which team is on the wrong end of the worst active trade in the nba in terms of what the team gave up and their future situation relative to draft picks they owe in the trade because i think one of the nominees has to be the bulls who yeah. are on the wrong side of a Vucevic trade there is an argument. Maybe they would have never gotten to Mar DeRozan. Maybe he wouldn't have signed there if they didn't show this competitive push to get Vucevic and to show like a commitment to trying to win. But like trading Franz Wagner, Wendell, the pick that eventually became Franz Wagner, like they didn't think they were giving up that whatever it was the seventh pick. I think they didn't think they were giving up such a good pick then. Um, they thought they'd make the playoffs the year they traded for Vucevic. Um, that Vucevic trade is kind of painful. You know, losing Wendell Carter Jr., then the pick that was Franz, and another pick, pretty ugly. Um, what's another team or someone on the wrong side? I think we got to say Gobert, right? I mean, the Gobert. That's this is a objection leading the witness. This is a famous Minnesota fan in our Patreon only Slack chat, who I believe has compared the Rudy Gobert trade to the Herschel Walker trade, just mm. showing the depths of the scarring for. For Drew, Herschel Walker, uh, failed Senate candidate, was in fact really, really good at first year on the Cowboys. Um, yeah. I mean, Gobert's I, I, fine, but his numbers are way down. Jaron has more blocks on the season in ten games than Gobert has in twenty three games. Let's let's, uh, full, let's let's say his full name, Jaron Jackson Jr. For the non Grizz faithful, I think there's the only one, one I mean, Jaron like, in the NBA. Come on, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't have the, to do anything of the such of the sort. <laughs> The worst, the worst trade for me is whatever the Lakers gave up for Russell Westbrook, which was a first-round pick, Kyle Kuzma, um, KCP, yeah, Trez Harrell. Uh, that's pretty bad. Although Even Westbrook has been, he's off good. The bench, off the bench, Westbrook but, is good. But that's a lot for a bench player. You know, I mean, are we and, considering? I guess it feels worth mentioning the AD trade. It did win the Lakers a title, so maybe none of it matters. But all the things they gave up. I mean, also, um, speaking of Shea Gildress Alexander, Paul George trade? The mm. the Clippers are, are 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 garbage. Scratchy, scratchy. Um, they gave up everything for Paul George. And part of that was to also bring in Kawhi Leonard. By the way, I looked it up. I called Kawhi Leonard Boris Diaw like three shows ago. 32-year-old Kawhi Leonard and 28-year-old Boris Diaw, identical stats. 11 <laughs> points per game, 5 rebounds per game, 4 uh, assists What about per game. the trades that yielded the Grizzlies so many picks? Or should those be thrown in? I don't, which one? I mean, is 
I don't I can't, think, I remember exactly are the how jazz are the jazz still paying for the Conley trade? No, I mean they've they've turned it all around and they saved it. It's got to be the Gobert trade because Minnesota be. is not that good, and they sacrificed so much. They're yeah, still very, the timing on this trade ended up not being good. No, um, I I think it's I mean it's still got to be the Gobert trade. Like they're I don't know what their ceiling is. Um, I do think they're playing a little bit better without Carl Anthony Towns there, but Thanks. also, I mean, unrelated for, I, I know Timberwolves fans are going through it. Uh, Go bears kind of on a social media kicker, um, alienating fans with his, uh, I believe we can say objectively, uh, far right views, uh, which he started posting in the last like 24, <laughs> 30, 36 hours. Um, this is a very, uh, unshocking development. Yeah. But yeah. like, it's, uh, this was patient zero they paid so much COVID to give outbreak. up and like, and you know, you have, you have the jazz who right now are going to get like really good picks, even in the pick swaps. They don't even need them. Like they're, they're going to, yeah. Like the Jazz aren't going to use. I, I don't know. It's 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 kind of a mess. I, so I guess um, to answer that, it'll be. Uh, Do you know what's wild though? Here's a bad trade that sticks out in my head: it is the Knicks to Mavs Porzingis trade. How the Mavericks don't even have that the player they traded for anymore, and they still won that trade. Like that to me was kind of uh, wild. They they got rid of DeAndre Jordan, Wes Matthews, uh, and they kept Tim Hardaway Jr., yep. who isn't playing that well. But you know. As what about that goes. we mentioned it? What about that old Mike Muscala for Zubac trade? Oh, geez. <laughs> is that does that enter into it for the for the Lakers? Um, 30, 30, 34 rebounds in a game later or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I uh, mean, it didn't <laughs> wait? Didn't um? Didn't the Grizzlies trade a player to the Sixers this year? Who was it? What was his name? Boy, my boy. <laughs> I mean, the Grizzlies Dude. are two. The Grizzlies are two in the West. Everything's going. Maybe the, maybe the we're plan. talking about the wrong grit. The wrong Grizz <laughs> transaction. Just. <laughs> Just letting Colin <laughs> That's it. We Those got all dominant, John. Um, let's see. Uh, I believe we've all done our worst things. Let's do uh, one more listener submitted question. That's right. The croissant a questionnaire. Any questions? Um, yes. Are you going to finish that croissant? Knock yourself out. Owen O'Neill asks, should fans be allowed to bring musical instruments to, to NBA games? What would you play? No Vuvuzelas. No Vuvuzelas. Yeah, this is in, in honor of the World Cup where he attached a photo of someone who brought a trumpet to a World Cup game. Hell yeah. Um, no. I think we should allow, uh, like they do in football matches, smoke bombs and <laughs> flares. Like we should bring ordinance. Like let us bring ordinance into the arena and we'll just see what happens. When Chuck said no actual instruments, I'm going to insert reggaeton air horn in there for him. Oh, yeah. uh, I mean, the big difference, World Cup matches are outdoors. No, you no no indoor trumpets. No, please. Ah. Get your you should I'll go. But one how step. great would it be? How great would it be after a, a clank free throw? You hear a Oh, I mean, a, a funny trombone sound effect. <laughs> yes, if it's organized, if it's if it's um, sanctioned. An actual band? No. no, if it's someone employed for that thing, it can't just be everyone willy nilly bringing their own trombones. I, I'll take it a step further. I think musical instruments should be contraband. They should be registered. You shouldn't be allowed to bring them places without permission. 
<laughs> Nick Nurse shouldn't be allowed to get off that plane coming into America about, with his guitar. Like, sir, what are you using for that? What about do you, have, do you have a work visa to make money with that guitar? Now, Is get your out name here. Glenn Miller? Yeah. <laughs> what about Castanets? Well, okay. Here's oh, your maracas. No. maracas. Castanets, those yeah, light percussion instruments? Okay. Yes. If they have a limited decibel capability, I'm in. Why don't Chuck all the Heat fans I, have Castanets? That would be We amazing. should have, yeah. I the, think uh, if it was played on a Ennio Morricone soundtrack and a Sergio Leone what film, is it, what is the? Him. It's not a wood block. What are the wood sticks that go together that make that nice tack 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 tack? You know, like uh, I go look this up now. Um, I feel like those would also be very good. I mean, yeah, you have the cowbells. We like to just is Sacramento. They used to do that, right? In uh, yeah, college football, of course, like yeah. the clave, like the like the clave. Yeah, that's that's what I'm, I'm thinking. I'm going to bring a wall of Moog modular synthesizers. To, <laughs> well, as long as you had a limiter on the on the number of, uh, I mean, kazoo, kazoo's would be fine, right? That is that worse? It's going to be like Army of Kazoo's better or worse than a Vuvuzela? Same it's thing. Be like Emerson, Lake, and Palmer trying to get their tour bus over the mountain with <laughs> a metric ton of Moog synthesizers. It's going to be I'm ready to move a, an opera house into the FedEx Forum. It's Geraldo, this thing. <laughs> um, yeah, bongos, we should have percussions. Uh, where's the bongo lady? Well, I got bongo lady, you know. But those um, weren't real bongos, were they? No, it's not real bongos from Chuck. Um, <laughs> terrible. Anyways, uh, thanks, you guys, for the question. Uh, if you out there want your... <laughs> question to be answered on air or as part of our monthly bonus video you have to be a patreon supporter if you want to join the slack and see this disgusting ground beef pop-tart sandwich patreon.com slash fast break breakfast you have to we it costs money to see how gross yes this is. it's twi- it's we like, like to a call freak it- show you gotta twi- you gotta pay admission to come see this horror it- this abomination uh- they, and I also posted a link to a movie that I watched this weekend from 1968 called Candy. It's awful. It has Marlon Brando and Ringo Starr in it and uh, a bunch of people that shouldn't have been in this film. It was wild and an acid trip, pretty much. Um, um, yeah. But yeah, we talk All movies, that. we talk everything. Yeah, patreon.com slash breakfast. It is now time for the awards segment of the program. The International Stackhouse of Pancakes Award. Like not a pretty good week. The Player of the Week Award. Why is your basketball reference page telling you some, some bad shooting percentages? I was going oh, uh, to say. I need to link that up there. Uh, Zion, it was just named Player of the Week for the West. Joel Embiid, just named Player of the Week for the East. Yeah, Zion plus 46 in the two games against Jojo. the Suns. 70 total points. Joe. Um, oh, what's up, Zion? Do it. Uh, here are our honorable mentions, because you are right, John. There were a lot of super trash performances from, <laughs> from daunting the last week. Here are just my nominees. Cole Anthony, 0 for 9. Bogdan Bogdanovich, 3 for 16. James Harden, 4 for 19. Reggie Jackson, 5 for 20. Jason Tatum, 6 for 21. Dylan Brooks, 7 for 22. Clay, 8 for 25. Those are just the honorable mentions. We do have three nominees as they occurred throughout the last week. Steph Curry, not normally in the eye shop. Steph Curry in a loss to my Indiana Pacers. He was 3 for 17, had 12 points, 6 assists, 4 rebounds, 
One steal, three turnovers, and two personal fouls. Chris Middleton, in his second game back, in a win against the Magic, he was one for 11. Five points, three assists, one rebound, one steal, two turnovers, three personal fouls. And then Jalen Brunson, in a blowout victory over the Hawks, was two for 14, had eight points, six assists, four rebounds, two steals, four turnovers, and three personal fouls. So we have I would Steph- like to point out yeah. that two of these performances were so bad that the players then missed the next games out of shame. That is accurate. That's a very good amount of context. Unfortunately, we cannot use any of that context as it is only what remains in the box score. We got Steph Curry, three for 17, 12 points, six assists. Chris Middleton, one for 11, five points, three assists. Jalen Brunson, two for 14, eight points, six assists. How do you cast your vote? I think it's Middleton. I don't know what the right answer is. I think every vote is fair. Um, these are all, they're all very one for 11 or two for 14 or three for 17 are all bad and basically equally bad in my mind. I will allow you to log your vote for Chris Middleton. I'm going to go Chris Middleton. Okay. While Chuck unmutes his microphone, I will cast my weight behind Steph Curry. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I'll go with Middleton too. Oh, Middleton wins it two out of three. Congratulations, Chris Middleton, edging out some fine efforts by Jalen Brunson. Oh, and Anthony, an underrated Steph eye shopper, like Curry. historically. Yeah. Um, the Michael Adams of eye shopping. Uh, now for a bonus segment. This day in International Stackhouse of Pancakes history, four years ago, this day, Yusuf Nurkic laid out a one for 15 masterpiece, one for 15, two points, 10 rebounds against my Memphis Grizzlies. The Trailblazers lost 92 to 83. That was this day in international stack house of pancakes history. Par fadeaway gentlemen. What things are we looking forward to in the coming week? John, what do you have your eye on? Um, I think the slate on December 13th is, quite delicious i think three of the games are kind of marquee like we have warriors bucks that's really cool we have celtics versus Very the nice. rejuvenated lakers that's really cool and then uh sixers versus the bean boys that's for me doesn't get anymore nba hits uh, sixers and bean boys uh one of my favorite things i found out this week i could have mentioned it was that uh, the beam in Sacramento has been lo- uh, has been added to Google Maps as a place of worship. Saw that. Um, and there's five or you know sixty reviews or something, five stars, all of them. So <laughs> shout out, shout out Sacramento, and they're they already had like a crazy good social media team. Now they actually have like something to. They have like a defensive player of the game chain. They're handing out to Sabonis sometimes. Like they're doing cool stuff. Well, that's social- not correct, then. Yeah. <laughs> No, it was, the, it, no, it was the first time he ever won it. That's why it, yeah. that's why it popped up on social media. It was the first time he yeah. ever won it. Uh, I'm actually looking forward to the Knicks, who extinguished the the beam. They beat the Kings yes. on Sunday. Like the Breen, the Knicks <laughs> win in four straight. They've climbed up to sixth. I believe to, they're, in the, they're in that morass, uh, yeah. tied for sixth. And the East, uh, they've they've been very, very thrown out after scoring 27 in the first half. 
That's, yes. That's just beautiful. Randall's work. incredible. Honestly, I'm going back to the Suns. Did their problem start when they when they benched Booker after three quarters? When he did not chase uh-huh. his seventy point game, Chuck was very upset that that Booker could have made another push for seventy. And um, yeah, since then they've 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 really been been falling flat. Yeah, how does it? How do you get up for games that matter when you don't chase stats that don't matter? Oh, it's it sounds good. I'm not going to think much more no, to what the words. A of, there's actu- a double negative in there. Actually, so mean ah. yeah yeah the uh that the, I mean Bucks Warriors on Tuesday, then Bucks Grizzlies on Thursday. I mean we got some yeah. we got some yeah, Bucks, real Grizz. real finals uh potential finals matchups going down. Also, this is again uh since this is a very Grizzlies flavored episode. Eight of the next nine Grizzlies opponents are playoff teams from last year. Um, it starts in a few hours. They take on the Hawks, who are hopefully tired after pulling out that miracle in overtime over the Bulls. But, uh, yeah, it should be a lot of very, very good stuff coming up. If you are in the Memphis area, do not miss Lizzo with special guest Lotto. That concert is on April 26th in Memphis, Get your tickets now at Ticketmaster.com or by visiting the FedEx Forum box office. If you want to support our show, do that at Patreon.com slash Fast Break Breakfast. Follow us on Twitter at Fast Break Break. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Buy a funny shirt from our T Public site. You guys are the best. Thanks for listening. And remember, breakfast is the most important thing. Yeah, never apologize for being G&G. Fair break, break, man. You understand? Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas.